Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter. I'm your host, Dr. M. This is volume 13, letter number 19, which corresponds with the week of April 24, 2023. This week, we're going to look at some literature and review different studies that have recently been published. We're also going to look at kitchens and safety and then finish out the newsletter with estrogen. The free thoughts this week. Mark Cuban said, I'm going to give you one other secret. The one thing in life that you can control is your effort. Amen to this statement. For me, effort is the key ingredient in any endeavor that makes success more likely on all levels. Okay. So the literature review. Number one. Quote, by nearly every metric, student mental health is worsening. During the 2020 and 2021 school year, more than 60% of college students met the criteria for at least one mental health problem, according to the Healthy Mind Study, which collects data from 373 campuses in the United States. In another national survey, almost three-quarters of students reported moderate or severe psychological distress. Although these are pandemic-associated numbers, this issue has been on the rise for a decade. Teen college-age young adults are continuing a trend that is negative for all mental health metrics tested. This is absolutely playing out in the clinic. We are seeing high volumes of youth with mental health struggles weekly. The traditional school-based counseling services model is not capable of handling the deluge of struggling students. We need to take a different approach to this problem. I think that campuses should start promoting some form of meditation, prayer, giving calming practices for students to choose to be a part of. College and high school can be a struggle for many socially through isolation or fear of being left out. Having many groups that offer these services can be a lifeline for young men and women in these situations. The brain is functional when the correct inputs are provided. After the fact, support is important, but also it's after the fact. I would challenge schools to provide healthy food at every single meal, limit the exposure to junk food where possible. To me, this is a no-brainer. Sleep is critical. Students would benefit from short videos discussing the effects of sleep loss on mental health. Frankly, we could get all kinds of small tidbits of information to students that are about their mental health and their sense of well-being. There is a no downside to this, only an upside. Whether they listen and follow always is the question, but we should always be providing the best information we can to them. Okay, number two. The world is getting more interesting. In a new scientific endeavor, researchers at the University of California, San Francisco in California are going to use CRISPR technology to alter genes of bacteria that are associated with dysbiosis and asthma in order to treat the disease. A certain bacteria in the lungs releases a metabolite that is thought to be partially causative in asthma patients. By altering the genome of the bacteria, the researchers hope to stop the production of this molecule, thus reducing asthma triggers of inflammation. There's a whole new world of therapeutics that could be immensely powerful for human disease treatment. The implications go far beyond asthma. Autism, cardiovascular disease, obesity, and many other diseases are likely amenable to this form of therapy. Super fascinating. I'm interested to watch it come to, to life. Number three, Neuroscience News article discusses, quote, safetyism, end quote, which is a big issue today driving fear in children and young adults. 
I remember growing up pretty free in the 70s through the 90s, somewhere after the initiation of cable TV news pushing fear narratives to everyone about death and safety risks nationally, everything shifted for parents, despite the statistics nationally showing actually improved safety. From the article, quote, crime rates began to come down in the 1990s, but fear among parents remained. This is where the problem of being overcautious begins. The concept of safety started to extend beyond children's physical safety to emotional and psychological comfort. This denied children experiences they needed to grow and learn. Parental overprotection has been shown to foster unhealthy coping mechanisms in children. Overprotected children are more likely to both internalize problems, such as anxiety and depression, and externalize them, as in delinquency, defiance, and substance abuse. Some psychologists propose that overprotection can morph into what they call safetyism, which teaches kids negative thought patterns similar to those experienced by anxious and by the anxious and the depressed. Safetyism can overprioritize a young person's safety to the exclusion of the practical and moral concerns. End quote from Neuroscience News. The major problem with lack of independence is that children and young adult adolescents adults do not trust themselves to be growth oriented. They default to parents for all decisions, which is completely counterintuitive for the age of development. They're supposed to be independent and pulling away from mom and dad. These are worrisome trends. Four, super interesting new research in the journal nature. From Wang et al. We see quote, skin is exposed to various environmental assaults and undergoes morphological changes immediately after birth. Proper localization and function of immune cells in the skin is crucial for protection and establishment of skin tissue homeostasis. Here we report that the discovery of a developmentally programmed process that directs preferential localization of invariant natural killer T-cells of the skin for early local homeostatic regulation. We show that INKT cells are programmed predominantly with a CCR10 plus skin homing phenotype during thymic development in infant and young mice. Early skin localization of these INKT cells is critical for proper commensal bacteria colonization and tissue development. Mechanistically, skin INKT cells provide a local source of transferrin that regulates iron metabolism in hair follicle progenitor cells and helps the hair follicle development. These findings provide molecular insights into the establishment of physiological functions of INKT cells in the skin during early life. End quote. For me, in layman's terms, this means that immune cells are homing technology to help fight diseases at the skin surface. They start as naive T cells in the thymus gland in the neck and migrate to the skin surface where they cooperate with skin bacteria after birth and then thereafter. They are programmed by the bacteria to be in cooperation for hair growth and healthy skin function. If the homing properties are broken for any reason, then bacterial skin dysbiosis can occur, potentially leading to skin diseases. This remains to be proven, but appears likely. Number five, in the journal Pediatrics, quote, a total of 18.6% of offspring experience rapid weight gain, maternal pre-pregnancy, BMI, and rapid, weight, re, excuse me, and rapid weight gain were both positively associated with offspring body mass index. 
rapid weight gain amplified the association between pre-pregnancy body mass index and body mass index z-score, especially among females. Females exposed to maternal obesity had rapid weight gain, and the average BMI was at the 94th percentile, compared to those with normal BMI and no rapid weight gain. Rapid weight gain had a weaker effect on the association between BMI postpartum and percent fat mass. Adjusting for breastfeeding status or childhood daily caloric intake did not significantly alter findings, and quote Gilly et al., 2023. This is an epigenetic finding? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I think it is. I think that mothers with elevated pre-pregnancy weight, which is what the study is showing, and children with rapid weight gain in infancy are signs of a broken metabolic state leading to chronic caloric storage in childhood. Obesity is the beginning reality of so many diseases of aging. We need to really work hard at helping people understand that having a basal elevated weight above what is considered normal or rapid weight gain in childhood both will lead to problems downstream. The simple answer but in this process is also the hard one. How do we control pre-pregnancy caloric intake? We need to encourage folks to exercise more, sleep regularly, avoid stress, and eat a whole foods healthy diet. Section 2. Kitchens and Safety Kitchen activities, random thoughts, and safety in no particular order. The kitchen is often the busiest place in the house. It is a place of much joy where young children can learn to feed themselves. The basics of kitchen life and cooking are rooted in experimentation. Knowing that children love to experiment makes the kitchen a great place for a child to learn resilience after a failed recipe turns around in round two. As you and your children mess around in the kitchen trying to produce a culinary masterpiece, here are a few ideas for health. Number one, and most importantly, do not cook or reheat in plastic of any kind. This includes using plastic wrap, during microwaving, boiling in plastic bags, styrofoam, Many of these plastic devices have endocrine-disrupting chemicals in them. They are releasing these products during the heating process, and then you're consuming them. It's not a good thing. There's a lot of data here now about how EDCs are affecting us epigenetically and a problem with hormonal function. So when we're cooking, the basics, any process that involves plastic, please be very careful with the heating element that's near there. Number two. Do not use metal utensils in questionably safe, non-stick cookware like Teflon. You'll scratch off pieces of this toxic chemical into your food. Use ceramic or cast iron cookware where possible. Number three, if you use non-stick pans, do not heat or on high with them. This will off-gas toxic gases into your environment and you inhale them. These can be carcinogenic and cause other problems for lung tissues. Number four, Do not use lots of omega-6 oils like soybean, vegetable, or corn types. These are the unhealthy pro-inflammatory types when it's in an unbalanced volume. They get easily oxidized at high heat and can cause lipid oxidation in the body, which leads to cardiovascular disease and many other things. Five, separate your cutting boards. Use one for meats and fish and another one for all the vegetable matter. This will prevent you inadvertently contaminating vegetables and other foods with bacteria from meats. Number six, avoid burning your proteins, especially meats. This releases toxic byproducts like heterocyclic amines. There is a gene polymorphism that is called NAT2 that increases your risk of cancer because we have a genetic weakness for detoxifying these amines. 
Number seven, deep frying. Never healthy. Lots of oxidized dangerous fats that promote inflammation. Avoid it where you can. Eight, do not salt your food before tasting it. Too much salt has negative consequences of blood volume homeostasis. Number nine, do not boil your non-starchy vegetables. You lose much of the nutrients to the water. Steam until al dente or bake instead. Number 10, do not touch your eyes or face after cutting peppers or onions. The oil does not come off easily and does cause a painful experience. 11, turn pot handles in and preferentially cook on a back burner as to prevent spills on young toddlers when they walk by and potentially grab on a handle. We have seen too many burned toddlers from spills of hot oils and liquids in our clinic. Number 12, show your children every aspect of the cooking experience and discuss safety issues along the way. I often refer to the medical teaching model of see one, do one, teach one. When your child can safely teach another how to cook something in a safe manner, they're on their way to mastery. Section 3. Microbiome is linked to depression in women. From cell metabolism, we see, quote, estradiol decline can result in depressive disorders in females. Nevertheless, the causes of the decline are unclear. In this study, we isolated estradiol-degrading Klebsiella aerogenes from the feces of premenopausal women with depression. In mice, gavaging with this strain led to estradiol decline and depression-like behaviors. The gene encoding for the estradiol-degrading enzyme in K aerogenes was identified as 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. Heterologously, expressing this enzyme 3-B-HSD resulted in E. coli obtaining the ability to degrade estradiol. Gavaging mice with 3-HSD-expressing E. coli decreased their serum estradiol levels, causing depression-like behaviors. The prevalence of K-aerogene and 3-beta-hydroxysteroid was higher in premenopausal women with depression than in those with, without depression. These results suggest that estradiol-degrading bacteria and 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase enzymes are potentially interventions and targets for intervention for depression in treatment of premenopausal women. That comes to us from Lee et al. and cell metabolism. This is an interesting association. Doesn't prove causation yet, but it looks really close. Now we need a study helping us link this bacteria through diet, some form of toxin-related phenomenon or other modifiable behavior while reducing this bacteria's pre- that's reducing this bacteria's prevalence in us. That is where the rubber meets the road of change and depression reduction. It is possible that we'll find a way to alter this bacteria directly. Not sure, but we need to look at some of this stuff. This would be very interesting. Okay, that's all this week, folks. Song of the Week is Space Wrangler by Widespread Panic. As always, hug those kids. Have a great day. Now for the disclaimer. The information provided in this newsletter audio cast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue. This newsletter does not constitute development of a provider-patient relationship. Thank you.